0: This morning, we're going to start something new together that will take us all the way through the spring. Our focus for the next 11 weeks will be on the disciplines of the spiritual life. Those kinds of practices that we can take on that make room for God in our lives and foster a growing relationship between us and Jesus. Enabling us to change inwardly and outwardly as followers of Jesus altogether. Do you feel the need for that in your life? Yeah, good. Christians are saved by grace. You've heard that before, haven't you? We are also changed by grace. And that's something that we talk about less. Saved through faith, and then changed through the work of faith as we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to grow. This is what God means for every person who opens his heart or her heart to Jesus to understand that grace saves, but then grace also begins a process of changing you. The Bible is very clear about this. Those who are saved by God's love grow through God's grace. And it uses various images for this. Like a child who is maturing, feeding on solid food now instead of only milk. Or like the sky at sunrise as the sun comes up and the sky gradually transitions from dark to the brightness of midday or like a tree whose roots are going deep down into the soil so that it's connected to the source of water deep down. Every one of those images is meant to show you what you should expect about yourself. In God's grace, you should be growing. Disciples grow in grace as grace trains them to change. Now, the way this happens, the way God has set it up, is through the exercise of specific disciplines, thoughtful and intentional actions, our spirits are enabled to grow. These endeavors of ours, which are up to us to take, can create space in our lives for God to do the work of changing us. Think for just a moment, if you would, about some of the ways you know God wants to change you. And his promise is to do that as we grow in grace. Back in December, I had just started to give folks tours of this building. Some of you maybe were on those tours. Uh, After one, a woman took me aside and she she made a request of me. She said, would you be willing to do a Sunday message on how to pray? Uh, Not about theory, but about practice. She had heard me preach before about prayer. Some of you have heard that. Uh, uh, She thanked me for all of the big ideas that I addressed, the kind of theoretical questions that come up when you think about prayer. But what she wanted was something different, practical guidance for how to pray better than she was praying. She had been talking to other people in the church. She said, I think a lot of us need at this time guidance in how to actually pray. And so I told her I would do that. And this morning, I'm making good on that promise. Today, we'll start our discussion of the disciplines of the Spirit with what I would say is maybe one of the most foundational of all of them for putting our roots down in Christ, and that is the practice of prayer. Now, I guess most of you have some experience praying on your own. Is that right? I also guess that most of you could use some more help because when you look at your own life of prayer, there's room for improvement. Is that also true? Yeah, okay. What I'm going to offer today is six maxims for prayer. Rules of conduct for how to pray effectively. Some of them will not be new to you, but all of them will be useful to the extent that you decide to put them into practice. And I really believe that for, for all Christians, there's always room for improvement. Some won't have ever practiced praying and they'll hear these six and then be invited to take the first steps on the journey of growing spiritually. Others of us, this will be a refresher or maybe even a way we can help others who want to learn to pray. But these six, all of them, they'll come out of scripture and they will be useful to the degree that you choose to act on them. And, and I want to be very clear about that. Listening to me talk about them is not going to be especially helpful. It won't. Maybe for a little while. But but choosing to take the steps that I give you this morning will be the first way God begins to grow you spiritually. Now, I have six. So that's a lot, right? So enough introduction. Let's get going. <laughs> the first maxim is pray regularly. If you want to take notes This would be good to do. These will stay, I think, in your mind better if you keep track of them. I'll review them at the end. But first of all, to grow spiritually, you've got to build time into your daily routine and your schedule for prayer. Just like you do for every other essential activity that is a part of your routine. You eat three times a day. You sleep every night. Because those are indispensable for your physical health. And prayer is just the same for your spirit. And just like eating and sleeping, you have to do it regularly for it to make any difference. Now the best example that we have for this first principle is the example of Jesus. The pattern that he followed. Listen to this. This is Mark one thirty-five. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. That's Jesus' morning routine. Now, listen to Matthew 14.23. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray when evening came. He was alone. That's Jesus' evening routine early in the morning before the sun rises and then late in the evening after it's gone down, Jesus spent time alone with God in prayer before the day got busy. Anybody here have days that are busy before the day got busy. And after the work of the day was done, Jesus did the same thing each day. He prayed, he found somewhere to be alone Without distraction, he made and he kept his appointments with God every day. Now, if you want to grow spiritually, you have to do the same. Any behavior that is going to make a significant impact in your life has to happen regularly. It's got to become a habit for you. And so the first step toward effective prayer is to schedule and keep regular Times with God. Let me be practical. Set your alarm earlier and then get up every day for prayer. Is that hard for anybody else? Some people know because you're a morning person. I am too. But for others, this will be hard. But most things which are worthwhile are not easy. At night, at the end of your day, make sure you end your daily tasks a little bit sooner than you used to. Find a consistent place to go and then end the day like you started. And at first, this will be difficult, just like when you begin a new exercise routine. And here, I'll speak personally for a moment. I've just started to run because I signed up for a race in October. And that means I have to get up earlier than I used to. And I actually really like staying in bed in the morning. And then I have to run, which I don't like right now. It's very difficult. And and often as I'm running, I'm actually arguing with myself out loud to keep going. And when there happens to be someone else nearby, they definitely think I'm insane, but I'm doing this because the discipline of running regularly has to happen. If I'm going to make it through that race and here, what we're talking about is the truth that God himself is willing to listen to you every single time, every single time you set aside what you're doing and speak to him. That is such a wonderful offer from God, but it only becomes a part of your life in a significant way when you make it a routine. And that's why the first maxim is to pray regularly. Now, how about some guidance for what to do when you pray? Okay, this is the second rule for prayer. How do you approach God? What's the proper way to do it? Okay, let's begin with the broadest answer. Here's the second maxim. Pray authentically. When you talk to God, be sincere. This is not too simple a lesson to really take to heart. Be sincere. Speak to him in the same way that you share with a friend who you trust, who you can be yourself with. That's how you should pray. Nothing held back. Be you, authentically you. That's how to pray. We have a model for this kind of prayer in the book of 1 Samuel. Hannah is her name. When we meet her, she is terribly sad because for a long while she's been living without what she has always wanted to have. Can you relate to that? To make it worse, there was a woman in her social circle who knew about this and bullied her mercilessly about that very thing. And as a result, she couldn't sleep at night She couldn't eat. She was deeply depressed. And so when we meet her at a celebration with lots, lots of other folks, she actually leaves the party to go off to the temple by herself to pray. And then she shows us what it looks like to pray authentically. She stands in God's presence and she holds absolutely nothing back. She is completely herself and she opens herself entirely to God. Totally unedited, completely sincere, altogether present. She lets it all uh, out there before God. Now, she doesn't know it while she's praying, but there's a priest who's on duty in the temple and he's watching her from the shadows. And her passion is so significant that he assumes she's drunk. And so he confronts her. But she's not been drinking, she's been praying. She's showing us what it looks like to be completely unguarded before God in prayer. Look at how she describes what she's been doing. This is chapter one, verse 15. I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. That's what it looks like to pray authentically. And this is our second rule for how to do it. It looks like taking the lid off of your heart and then pouring it out before God and letting whatever happens to be in there come out before God. Whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking, whatever's going on inside of you, choosing not to keep it covered up, but instead to put it all out there on the table before God. This is praying authentically. When we do this, God listens to everything and he receives us completely. I think one of the reasons Many folks are afraid to be authentic is they imagine if I share this with God, then he'll reject me. That's not how God does it. In fact, he delights in every moment where we share ourselves completely because God cares for us completely. And so we can be and should be entirely authentic when we pray. If you are concerned about your children, tell God about that when you pray. Tell him that you're afraid. If you're angry, say so. Give God all the details for why. If you're anxious, explain the reasons. If you are enraged because you've been mistreated, yell about it if you need to. If you're tired of being alone, complain to God if that's what's in your heart. Whatever you're experiencing, share it with God sincerely and without deleting anything. Authenticity is the right place to begin once you start praying regularly. That's second. Now, it's not the last one because even though it's good to be authentic and to start there, it's bad to end there. And let me say why. If that's all you ever did, then your prayers would become a reflection of your emotions and that's all. Spontaneity is definitely necessary, but it's not sufficient. And so what you need is to add to your authenticity a plan that will discipline it. You need a method. And that's the third rule for prayer. It is pray methodically. Now, I know that someone will hear that and think, pray methodically. That's too contrived. It's overly controlled. Prayer is spiritual. Won't applying a method to the spirit constrain it. That's a good question. We do not control the spirit of God Ever. There's no system that holds God in. But here again, when we speak of praying methodically, we have Jesus as our example. He's a good example when it comes to these things, don't you think? Jesus' disciples knew his routine, they, they spent enough time with him to know morning and evening, he's there praying. They also knew what all of us should accept, which is without help, we won't get very far. And so what they did is they asked him for help. This is Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Listen. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Apparently, it was normal for disciples of teachers to go to them and ask them for a method to follow in order to pray effectively. And in response, Jesus gave them what we call the Lord's Prayer, a pattern to follow or a form of prayer with specific elements in it, a framework to ensure that all of the important components were included when they prayed, a method. And for our prayers For our prayers to become more faithful and more effective, they also need a structure. They should follow some kind of method. Some of you will have learned from teachers along the way a pattern for prayer. Has anyone heard of the acts of prayer? Yeah, that's a a mnemonic device, A-C-T-S, that I learned in high school. It was very helpful for me. It was helpful because it, it captured the components in Jesus' prayer, and it was easy for me to remember. So when I regularly and authentically pray, then I think of this method and it helps me. A is for adoration. I tell God the things that I'm, that I love about him, that I adore about him. I start there. C is for confession. I I remember each time I pray to say, God, this is where I've been wrong. And I say so. And that's a part of my prayer because I remember this method. T is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I thank God, first of all, for forgiving me. And then I thank him for all the other things in my life which are good. I could easily go on and on about all the things that are bad, but it's helpful to have something that reminds me. Thank him. And then S at the end is supplication, a fancy word for asking. Ask God for help with what you need help for. That's one method that's helpful for me. There is no law here. You have to be careful of that. Uh, you should be wary of a method that's too controlled, but something that has structure to keep you bringing the things that you ought to bring before God. That's very useful. It can be personal to you and it should be your method, but it should be structured. Now, right away. I need to add that even as it can be varied, what's in there, there are certain elements of, of your prayer, certain qualities in it that should always be true, whatever method you use. And that brings me to my fourth maxim for us today. And it is pray specifically. I know that many folks are hesitant to be too specific when they pray uh, to make requests of God that feel too pointed because it seems selfish or because it seems presumptuous or they might say, God already knows what I need, and He knows better than me. And if He wanted me to have it, then He would provide it without me asking, etc. And I know all of these arguments, but listen, this is important. God delights in hearing your requests. Jesus compares God to a father who can't wait for his children to come and ask Him for what they need. Uh, God loves when we take time in prayer to tell him precisely what we want. Not asking for help vaguely, not God help me, but being specific. God help me be more patient with that difficult person. Help me have more courage for the meeting I'm having. God loves when we are specific like that, not because he's going to give us everything we ask for, but because he wants us to tell him exactly what we need. He wants us to have the kind of relationship with him that grows as we are specific. Now, Scripture makes it plain that sometimes God actually does things differently because someone prayed for something specifically. And and many folks that you know, I'm one of them, can recount moments in life where after regular, authentic, methodical, and specific prayer, God made things happen differently. Does anybody here have an experience of that? I certainly do. Uh, This also follows uh, from something plain that Jesus taught. This is Matthew 7, 7. Listen to Jesus' instruction here. Ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. There are three very specific prayer request words there. Ask, seek, seek. And knock. And then there are three promises receive, find, and door open. And here Jesus is teaching that God responds to our prayers. He takes our requests seriously. Sometimes it doesn't turn out like we had asked, and then we can trust that it's better for us that it hadn't. But sometimes He changes things because of what we asked for. When I was a sophomore in college, I had an experience in a philosophy class. That made me very afraid for the first time in my life. I began to wonder sincerely whether God was actually real or something that had been invented. I have a vivid recollection of going back to my dorm room and that evening feeling really troubled as I sat by myself. And then I actually remembered those words that I just read. A youth group leader had read them to me when I was in high school. And so I prayed very specifically. I said, God, I'm asking for some sign that you are real because right now I'm not even sure you're there. I'm seeking, if you're there, help me find you. I'm knocking and the door feels closed. Open it. There were a string of events that unfolded over the next month that were so uncanny and so perfectly tailored to exactly what I'd asked for that it seems comical to me now when I think about it. But what happened is God answered that specific prayer. I'm absolutely sure that his answer then is a part of who I've become now. And and listen, you should be specific in prayer. You should, you should take the time that you need to, to identify what, you really need and ask God about it and and ask him very specifically. And then you must keep your eyes open because it will be given you. You will find it will be open for you, but you've got to keep your eyes open. And this brings us to the fifth maxim. And that is that we must pray attentively. I know this for sure. From my own experience, there are times when I ask for things I forget what I asked for and then down the road, God provides it and I can't even see it because I've forgotten. Has that happened to others? There are other times where I'm, I'm praying and all I'm doing is talking and then I'm done and I'm off to the next thing. And can you imagine what it would be like to be in a relationship with a friend like that? who They came to you, they always, always talked and talked and then when they were done sharing, they left. To be... Growing in prayer, we have to pay attention to God and that means listening because if we will do that, God's spirit within us will speak inside and he will say to us and through us what we need to hear and can't say ourselves. Listen to this promise. This is astounding. This is Romans eight twenty six. The spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. When we pray, God's spirit within us is active to help us. Every time we pray, God's in there to help us. Deep down, but listen, beneath our words the Holy Spirit intervenes on our behalf, giving us subtle and quiet and soft guidance like when you sigh at the end of the day. To hear what he's saying, we have to practice paying attention. Just like any balanced conversation between two friends. This also will not be easy at first. All of this guidance that I'm giving you is going to be hard when you start. That's how it always is with something new and something good. But paying attention to God is possible and extremely fruitful. Here's another sort of method that I've learned that maybe will be helpful to you. It's called the palms down, palms up practice of prayer. Okay, listen, when you pray and you're done speaking, do not stop praying, but sit there with your hands in your lap and then Say something like this to God. God, help me know what you want me to let go of and then listen for the spirit. God will say things like this to you if you spend time listening. Let go of that resentment over that thing your friend said and hurt you with. Let that go. Let go of the anxiety that you've been carrying about that meeting that's coming up. Let go of that. Uh, Let go of that regret for that mistake that you made back there. I know about it. Let it go. God will speak. The Spirit will speak and intercede if we're quiet and listen. Now, after you've heard that, lift your hands and open them with your palms facing down and say, God, help me release those things that you just brought into my mind. And then imagine those things that you have been prompted by the Spirit to let go of dropping away. And then, then you're going to do the opposite. You're going to turn your hands like this and say something like this to God. God, what do you want me to receive in this time of prayer? What do you want to give me? And God will say things like this. I want you to receive my grace completely. You haven't yet let me love you entirely. Oh, let me love you. I want you to receive my mercy for that other person so that you can forgive them. I want you to receive my courage. I want you to receive my confidence. I want you to receive my joy. And after you hear those things from the spirit, then picture each and every one of those gifts dropping into your open palms and receive them. Praying attentively will open you to an entirely new experience of time with God in prayer, and you will begin growing in a way that you have not before. And now, one more. This is the last one, and this, the sixth maxim, should be a part of every prayer you make, no matter what you're going through, you should pray hopefully. Now, I don't mean that you should expect God's gonna give you exactly what you've asked for. That's too low to hope. I mean something more profound than that. Please listen. After you have spoken and after you have listened, shift your attention away from everything that's troubling you and let your attention rest on God's goodness instead. Have you ever noticed that sometimes the more you think about everything that's going wrong in your life, the more it seems to cling to you? Stop. In in every prayer, you got to do this. Stop dwelling on what's wrong and then remember what's right. Look away from your mess and focus on God, on his faithfulness, on his mercy, on his protection, on his nearness, his grace and patience, his steadfastness and love. Whether you feel it or not, Bring up every one of these facts into your mind, into your prayer, and then speak about it. Pray, hopefully here, listen to these words from Jeremiah. He wrote this after admitting that he was constantly depressed. His soul was bowed down all the time. All he could ever think about was his misery. And then he wrote these words. This is Lamentations three verses 21 to 23. But this I call to mind And therefore, I have hope. That's a man who is telling us that when he prays at the end, he he prays hopefully, he calls something to mind and it changes the way he feels. And verse 22, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That is a person who's decided, he's disciplined himself at the end of his prayer to call to mind the good things about God rather than only thinking about the mess in his own life. And I, listen, you have to try to do this. It's hard work, but do it. If you pray attentively, you're going to consider all these messes in your life. You should, but then you need to let them go and then open your hands and call to mind the good things that are true about God and then pray about them. Here, I'll give you an example. When you feel alone and like all you've got is your needs, you felt like that add to your prayer, but you are my shepherd and you're with me in this dark valley and I shall not want. Say it. Or when you feel separated from God because of whatever it is that makes you feel separate, tell him about all of that and then add, but God, thank you that nothing can separate me from your love in Christ Jesus. And tell him that. Or when you feel regret about the past or uneasy about the present or really anxious about the future, after telling God about all of that, bring to mind God's constancy and then tell him, I know that you are the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. And therefore, I trust that you are the faithful one. You are. You are the Lord of time. You are the God who holds all things in his hands. You are the God who holds me in your hands. Call that to mind. Every good thing about God. And then you will see how God changes you from the inside. And every time you pray, you will have hope. Now, these six that I've given to you. Every one of them. Maybe is a bit inspiring to you this morning, but none of them will do anything at all unless you begin to put them into practice that 's why I suggested writing them down uh, here i 'll review all six of them again, and i 'm doing this for one reason only. I genuinely want for you to practice them so that you grow. And I'm practicing them too so that I grow, so that our church altogether grows, so that Renaissance Church becomes a spiritually more mature community and therefore is a greater blessing to the world. That's what I want. So here they are pray regularly, pray authentically, pray methodically, pray specifically, pray attentively. And pray hopefully. This is just the beginning for us. This is the first of 11. Next week I'll share. The week after that, Ryan will teach us. We'll learn in these months from Jared and from Michelle as well. All of us have the same goal. It's to see your roots going deeper down into God's grace and love so that you bear more fruit than you have. And so, As is fitting, I'll close our time with prayer and I'm going to pray for us to grow. Let's do that now together. God, we thank you so much that every time we open our mouths to you in prayer, you are ready and attentive and listening to us. We praise you that every morning and every night you have time for us. Help us be people who become committed to the routines of prayer We thank you also that there's nothing that we are carrying which you are not ready to receive from us. We love that you are willing for us to be authentic and whatever we're going through, you receive us like a loving and joyful father. Help us adopt patterns and structures in our prayers that make them more effective so that we can learn and grow Uh, so that our prayers become more routine and, and we can connect with you more than we have in the past. And then God, teach us, every one of us, to bring exactly what we need to you in prayer, rather than just asking for help vaguely teach us to identify what we need and then bring it to you and then give us the hearts to trust that you know better than we do whether it's good for us to have it or not but never ever let us believe that we shouldn't bring to you exactly what we need and then God for each and every one of us we ask for the discipline of being attentive to you not only speaking but listening God even now as I'm quiet speak to us Help us know what to let go of and help us receive what you want to give to us. And then finally, we thank you that you are our good shepherd and that we are your sheep. We thank you that you love us, that you protect us, that you care for us, you provide for us, you lead us, you walk beside us no matter what we're going through. Thank you so much for the God that you are and that you will always be Help us grow. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.